Good morning, Nachum. Good Chodesh. Nachum, good morning, everybody. Good Chodesh. Today is first day of Rosh Chodesh Tammuz, and tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Pashas Korach. Pashas Korach, according to the Chinuch, contains nine mitzvos, five positive and four restrictions. And Pashas Korach is, ouch, another one of those challenging parshios. It's almost like, how could he do it? But that we can answer a little bit easier, namely, how does Korach, who our rabbis tell us was a brilliant man, as we're going to see, he had even nevuah, that he was able to see down the road, that from his family would come forth Shmuel, Hanavi, so he said to himself, wow, I'm pretty good stock to begin with, number one. Number two, he was an Oshir, wealthy man. He was from the Nosei Ha'oron. He was from among those that literally carried the Ark. And those who are listening might correct me and say, excuse me, it looked as if they were carrying the Ark. The Ark carried them. And so how could he do this? The answer is, how does he challenge Moshe to say, excuse me, after all, there seems to be a little bit of too much nepotism here. Namely, you became the king. Good. Aaron becomes the Kohen Gadol. What about me? After all, we are cousins. Our fathers were brothers. And we're told at the beginning of Parshas Vo'era, where the Torah is discussing the progeny, and it goes just as far as the first three Shvatim. And we're told that regarding Levi, Levi had three sons, Gershon, Kahas, and Mirari. And Kahas had four sons, Amram, Yitzhar, Hebron, and Uziel. So, from Amram, the oldest son, came Moshe and Aaron. Yitzhar, the second son, the father of Korach, nothing. Hebron was the third son, and Uziel, his son, Elitzafan, became and was designated the Nasi of B'nai Kahas. Korach was slighted. In simple Hebrew, it's called Kinah. And the Mishnah tells us in Avos, Hata'ava, Kinah, and Kavod, Motsin Esa Adam Min Olam. Literally, it came true with Korach. This is what caused him literally to be taken from this world. The question I'd like to begin with is, why? Why is this included in the Torah? After all, it seems to be almost like a personal affront to Moshe and to Aharon. So let it be included, for sure, for posterity in a medrash. We can read about it 
in the biography books, why must it be included in the Torah? And why must we review it each and every year? And I believe the answer is so powerful. Korach did not only happen 3,500 years ago. Korach is still happening today. What does that mean? Rav Soloveitchik, Zichron Levracha, called very sharply the Korach challenge, the common sense rebellion. According to the Medrash, the smichos, the connection between what came at the end of Parshas last week, Shlach, and which is the paragraph and the mitzvah of Tzitzis, and the beginning of Parshas Korach, the Medrash explains and Rashi brings it that what did Korach do? He gathers the 250 men, well-meaning, and listen carefully, he has them all dress in garments of blue of Tcheles. And he asks Moshe, these four-cornered garments require tzitzis, no question. But do they require that strand of blue, if the garment itself is blue? Moshe said, yes. And Korach said, wait a second, that's ridiculous. If one strand of blue can satisfy the obligation to the garment, here, if the entire garment is blue, we certainly don't need that one strand. So listen carefully, everybody. What is the criteria? If the criteria is common sense, maybe, maybe, Korach was right. If, however, we believe that Moshe, Kibel Torah Misinai, we believe that the Torah that we have comes from Hashem Yisbarach, that the Torah is not only Seichel Enushi, which means that man has the ability to grasp, but the Torah stems from Seichel Elokah, that it comes from God, and this is divine, then human logic and human knowledge does not become the yardstick to judge Torah and to connect and create Jewish law. Just as in other areas of the sciences and all other kinds of studies, namely mathematics, physics, medicine, there is a very specific kind of regimen and law, and you're going to sit at a doctor's office and when he prescribes a particular medicine, because after all, he has studied and has had many years of experience and found this to be effective, and you're going to say, wait a minute, why not something else? Now, if you are a chemist or another physician, fine. But if you're a well-meaning layman, excuse me, you have nothing to say and to contribute to the discussion. The same is true with halacha. After all, women today have their place in society and a very respected place. A woman can become vice president of the United States. So many CEOs are 
very distinguished woman. A woman can sit on the Supreme Court. Well, if a woman can do all of the above, why can't she not be part of a minion? And the answer is very simple. The same source that teaches that we require a quorum called a minion, which comes from the Torah, which comes from God, that same source teaches us that the ten have to be men. Now this is so important because we have this challenge going on about us today, here, and unfortunately still in Eretz Yisrael. And therefore, Parshas Korach is there to reinforce our strong connection to. And I urge you, bring to the Chumash, bring the Chumash tonight to the table. And aside from Parshas Korach and the very beginning to see the Rashi, which I told you regarding the garments, turn to Sheni in Vo'eschanan, in Devarim chapter 4. Pasuk 5. And go quickly with me. Says Moshe Rabbeinu, Re'ei, take a look. Limadeti Eschem, I've taught you chukim umishpatim. Now you know what chukim are. Chukim are those laws which we cannot understand. Come back next week to the chuk of Paraduma. Come back. What's chukim? Shatnes. What's chukim? Meat is kosher. Wonderful. Milk is kosher. Wonderful. I can't mix the two together. These are chukim, which I can't understand logically. I accept 101% because they were given to us by God. So Moshe says, take a look. I've given you chukim, those laws which you cannot understand, umishpatim, and those laws which you can understand. Kashet Sivani, as God commanded me. Now let's go to the next pasuk. Ushmartem vasisem. You shall guard them and you shall perform them. Kihi chachmat because these laws represent, listen carefully, your wisdom and your discernment in the eyes of the people of the rest of the world. That they're going to hear what distinguishes us is not only those parts of Torah. Whoa, that's interesting. That makes sense. Whoa. No, it's the entire package. And that's so significant and that's so important that as a result of this package of chukim and mishpatim then the omru then they are going to say rak am chachom v'navon hagoi hagadol hazeh ah then they're going to say this is such a wise and this is such a discerning people this is the essence of what judaism is and i tell you very quickly bring to the table where well, you have to make room for the Gemara above Metziah. And there in above Metziah 59b is that famous story of the debate and the argument between two very distinguished rabbis, between Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua. And what they were arguing over was whether a particular oven could be kashered. And Rabbi Eliezer said yes, and Rabbi Yoshua said no. And Rabbi Eliezer said, if I'm right, let the tree in front of the base medrash prove me right. And it walked down the block the tree whether it was a hundred amos or f a few hundred amos didn't go an inch or two it went 
down the block completely. And the rabbi said, wait a minute, we don't decide Jewish law based upon the movement of trees. And he said, if I'm right, let the brook of water near the base medrash, which flows downward normally, which started to flow upward, no, we don't bring proof. And finally, let the walls of the base medrash, which started to lean to fall down. And Rabbi Yeshua said, don't you dare get involved and let's stay that way. That we don't bring proof from. Finally, in desperation, Rabbi Eliezer said, if I'm right, let the heavenly voice proclaim me. And a baskol came out from heaven and said, what do you want from Rabbi Eliezer? Halacha kimoso. And Rabbi Yeshua jumped up on his feet and said, excuse me, Hashem. Lo The Torah is no longer up there. It's not yours anymore, Kaveh But rather, it is ours. And in our Torah, it says, Acharei Rabim Lahatos. We follow the majority. And the majority followed Rabbi Yeshua. And guess what? That's the halacha. Even if he is wrong, he's right. And that's why we have, to this day, a very precious halachic system. Now listen to me. There are two words that sound very similar. And they are Yerusha and Morasha. What does the Torah say? In Zos HaBrocha, Torah Tziva Lanu Moshe. Moshe lovingly gave us the Torah. Morasha Kilas Yaakov. The difference between Yerusha and Morasha is, is it a inheritance or a heritage? Somebody gets an inheritance, they can do with that inheritance what they want. They can invest it, they can squander it, it's theirs to do, it's yours. A heritage is, you can borrow anything from my house, but you can't borrow that vase. Why? How much does it cost? Makes no difference, it only costs $100. But it came from my grandmother, who got it from her. Ah, it has so much history and as so much sentimental but not just in our case sentimental we recognize that this is literally from god that at sinai god gave his torah and that's what we say in our bracha that hakodesh baruchu asherbacha banu Literally, this is not just something which man is privileged to understand parts of his Torah, but this is literally Sechel Eloka Mima'al. And therefore, we say Kihem Chayenu, that this is our life, the Orech Yamenu, and this, the entire package, is our uh, existence. And this is so significant because what comes out of this is back to the first parak of Pirkei Avos, Aseilachorav. You need a teacher. You need a rebbe. You need a rabbi who's going to guide you in Jewish law. Your common sense is not sufficient. And unfortunately, part of the very sad, tragic. Those factors which emanated from the pandemic that we are just getting out of now is that too many people lost that personal contact with their Rav, having davened at home and unfortunately not having that same opportunity, and that connection with their rabbi has too often, unfortunately, been significantly lowered 
within their mind, within their actions, within their esteem. And this is something which must be restored. And I pray that as we are returning back to our Bote Knesios in good health, the Jewish community is going to realize that because Kehem Chayenu, the incredible pride that we have, that the same Shabbos, the same Kashrus, the same Taras HaMishpacha that we are doing today, understanding it more, knowing it more, is that which was done by our grandparents and great-grandparents all the way back to Moshe Rabbeinu. Shabbat Shalom and good Chodesh to all.